Good morning, everybody. So good to see you all here this morning and to have those of you who are joining us online also to be with us this morning. As Pastor Chase said, this is a standalone message. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about your spiritual vision. Your spiritual vision. Okay, so what I don't mean by that is your like idea, your, your vision for what you want to be spiritually 10, 15 years from now. That's not what I'm talking about today. But what I am talking about is your ability to see and to discern what is right and wrong according to God's word, and not just to see it and to discern it, but to choose rightly, to choose the God-honoring path. To talk about that this morning, I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine. This is a friend for some of you who have been around for more than 15 years. You have actually met my friend already, but I'm going to reintroduce you all today. This is my friend, J.D. This is J.D. And I know you're thinking, Dan has got to resort to mannequin heads to be friends with. (laughs) But he never talks back. He goes where I want to go. It's awesome. All right, so this is J.D. I'm going to tell you his story. Uh, because J.D.'s fictional, this is, this is a story that's comprised a lot of fictional parts, but his story is based on the lives of three of my very good friends that I have had throughout my life, going back quite a ways. And three guys that I love very much but three guys who struggled greatly with their spiritual vision at one point or another during their life. So, this is J.D.'s story. J.D. grew up in the Midwest. He grew up in a non-Christian home. His parents loved him, but they were lousy spiritual teachers in his life because they didn't know Christ. So, J.D., during his junior high, senior high years... He was concerned mostly about, about his image and secondly about his pleasures. And as soon as he graduated from high school, he decided to go to a large state college here in the Midwest. As soon as he gets there, he starts making friends. He actually made friends with a couple of very strong Christian guys who became good friends to him. They invited him to go to a campus ministry midweek Bible study. So he decided to go to it one Wednesday night, listen to the words. He really liked it. He thought, wow, there's something there. There's, there's something to that. He decided to go back and go back and go back. He went back for several weeks. After about three months, J.D. decided to make the biggest decision in his life. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. Through the teaching at that campus ministry, he understood God loves me, but I've got the sin in the way that needs to be forgiven, and it will be accounted for someday. So, J.D. decided to receive Christ into his life, ask Jesus for the forgiveness of his sins, and that day, he started living his life for Jesus Christ. Jesus became the Lord of his life. Things were going very well for J.D., very well. During his time in that college, he was able to sit there to listen to these unity, to to listen to these professors, many of who were not Christ followers. Some of them were teaching just plain out lies. J.D. was able to listen to it and to quickly discern true, false, truth, false, truth, lies, truth, lies, and to be able to discern right from wrong. 
JD got plugged into a church Sunday mornings. He didn't make much money. He was working, but, you know, he's paying bills and paying for school and all that kind of stuff. He decided to start giving some of his money for God's work. He surrounded himself with some good, high-quality Christian people who were mentoring him. He was holding them accountable. They were holding each other accountable. Things were going very well for J.D., very well. This went on for months and months, about a year. Well, then one night, J.D. was driving home from work, got into a car wreck. J.D. was fine, but his car was totaled. Decided he'd go car shopping in the car. After a couple weeks, he went car shopping, found a beautiful pickup truck. Just the right color, just the right extras, low mileage, loved it. thought, wow, that's what I want right there. That's what I want. J.D. knew he could not afford that pickup truck. He knew it. But he started thinking, if I work extra hours and maybe I get a couple of extra jobs doing construction on the weekends... I go to the bank, I can get this loan, I can make this happen. So J.D. thought, you know what, I can't really afford it. I can't really afford it, but I'm going to make it happen. It's not that big of a deal. J.D., because he was working so many hours, he was tired. He worked all day Saturdays. He'd come home too tired to get out of church or too tired to get out of bed on Sunday mornings to go to church. Started missing his Wednesday night Bible study group. Uh, lost touch with a lot of his good Christian friends. Uh, not much accountability going on. And frankly, starting to get a little lonely and kind of starving for some more relationships. And he got a phone call one night. A couple of his high school buddies called him up. J.D., What's happening, buddy? Man, we haven't seen you in a long time. We're coming through town. How about we go hang out? J.D. knew exactly what his friends meant when they said hang out. But he was starving for some, uh, some fun, some relationships. He thought, I probably shouldn't. Honestly, probably not a good choice for me right now. But you know what? It's no big deal. It's no big deal. There was a girl in his economics class. She was gorgeous. And J.D. saw her from the first day at that university. And he thought, I have got to meet that girl. Well, as things turned out, they ended up sitting next to each other in a dining room one day. And he talked to her, struck up a conversation, asked her out on a date. She said yes. They went out on a date. He took her out again on a second date. After the second date, J.D. pretty much knew we do not share the same values. But J.D.'s like, wow, she is so gorgeous, and we have so much fun. I know this relationship is not going to go anywhere long term. We don't share the same values, but she's gorgeous, and it's just a blast to hang out with her. It's no big deal. We'll keep dating. Well, J.D., because he's working such long hours, if he's not spending time with this girl, and if he's not working, he's trying to study, and he's having a hard time staying awake during his studies because of all the other activities going on in his life, and he found a website. Cheat your way to an A.com. 
And JD's like, wow, what do you know? All of my homework assignments are on that website. He goes, that's a bad choice. But it's just for a season. It's just for a little while. It's not going to last long. I'm in a tight spot. It's going to help. I know it's not that big of a deal. JD. JD. One night, he's feeling, he's feeling extra lonely. Because really, things aren't going that well right now. And he's like, I sure would like something to numb the pain. And I know on the website that my friends go to, they tell me about, I shouldn't go to it. It's just filled with trash. But maybe just for a little while. Just for a little while. It's no big deal. It'll be okay. Just, just a little bit. Today, maybe a couple of times a week. It's not that big of a deal. JD now is, is not doing well. And to numb the pain just a little bit more, he's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop off at the alcohol store on the way home, get some wine, and just loosen up a little bit. Just, I just got to take the stress away. I just, I'm not feeling, I'm not, life's not going great. Life's not going, I know I shouldn't, but yeah, that's okay. It's, it's just a couple times. It's not that big of a deal. It's just not that big of a deal. JD now, things are not good. Things are not good. JD goes to bed very unhappy. He wakes up very unhappy. Things that once seem right seem wrong. Things that once seemed wrong seem right. Now the, the, the lies that he's hearing from his classmates, his professors, they seem, you know what? Maybe they got something there. Maybe that's making a little bit of sense now. J.D.'s not doing well. He is spiritually blind. He gets a knock on the door one night. J.D. gets up, goes to the door, answers them. Guess who's standing in front of him? It's the devil. J.D. can't see the devil for who he is. He can't because he's spiritually blind at this point. He opens the door, and man, that devil looks good. Wow, the devil looks good. And the devil sounds so good. And what the devil is promising, man, it will feel so good. So J.D. let the devil in. And J.D. and the devil started to have a regular date night. And things are spiraling out of control. Just spiraling out of control. And if you would have asked J.D. just 12 months ago, when he was over here with a close, intimate walk with Jesus Christ, experiencing the holiness and the righteousness of God in his life, filled with peace and joy. If he would ever, ever be over here, J.D. say, no way, not going to happen, not in a million years, not me, won't happen to me. But if J.D. would have just pushed the pause button, step back, step back and taken a look at his life, where is he headed in the roadmap of his life? What direction is he headed in? Surely, J.D. would have seen the direction that he was headed 
and to turn things around and headed back. But he didn't because one seemingly insignificant choice at a time, it was no big deal. It's no big deal. Friends, where are you at today? Right now, sitting here, where are you? I hope, I pray that all of us are over here, right here. A close, intimate walk with Jesus Christ, experiencing his holiness, his righteousness, his goodness, his peace in our life. This is not a trouble-free spot. But in the middle of the temptations and the troubles and the trials, we have the victory and the peace of Jesus Christ. It's not trouble-free. But it is a close and intimate walk with Jesus Christ. But maybe, maybe some of you are way over here. And you're like, wow, Dan, life is, life is spiraling all around me. And it's just not going well. Let me encourage you today. This might be the first day you've ever come to Great Oaks. This might be the first time you ever hear what I'm about to tell you. I want to lay the foundation right here. If you are here and you want to get over there, it must start with and end with Jesus Christ. At some point, you've got to come to the, to the knowledge that Jesus loves you. Died on the cross for your sins so that you can have your sins forgiven and have victory in your life. Live the abundant life here on earth and in eternity with God the Father forever. It starts there. If you've never done that, do that today. Bow your head right where you are. Say, God, come into my life. Forgive me through your son, Jesus Christ, death and resurrection, and take charge of my life. I can't do it any longer without you. But some of you are saying, Dan, Dan, I made that decision. I made it a while back, but I'm still here. Friends, I want to encourage you right now, don't give up. Probably, I don't know your story, but probably it was one insignificant step at a time that led you over here. You can leave here and go back and experience the hope and the peace and the intimacy of Jesus Christ. But it's going to be a process. It is. It, it's going to be a process one step at a time. It's kind of like falling in a well, right? It's easy to fall in a well, but it's hard to get out. But friends, let me encourage you. The loving arms of our Heavenly Father reach way deeper than to the bottom of that well. Where are you at? Maybe some of you are here in the middle, and you're like, I don't know, Dan. I, I, think, I'm going, I think I'm going this way, and it's, it's picking up speed, and it's, it's not going well. This is your day. Push the pause button right now, today. Push the pause button. Step back. Take a look. See where you're at. See where your small steps are leading you. I want us to read Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Turn with me, please, there. Ephesians 4, we're going to start in verse 17. Ephesians is, is towards the back of the Bible in the New Testament. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17. I'm going to read through verse 19 right now, and I want you to think of J.D. and his story as we read these verses. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do 
in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the, due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Do you see J.D. in those verses? I see him right there in verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding. J.D. certainly became darkened in his understanding. And separated from the life of God. J.D. certainly was separated from the life of God. And then it goes on. Because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The Greek words that Paul used when he wrote these verses is the same type of words that they would use to describe a piece of petrified wood. If you take wood and you put it in the right environment for a very long time, the composition of that wood actually changes and becomes stone, becomes hard. And Paul is telling us that can happen to us. If we aren't careful, our hearts, which symbolize our, our passions, our desires, our spiritual vision, will become hard and not intended for what God meant it to be. Let's keep reading. Verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul is telling us, God is telling us through having Paul write these words to us. He's saying, it is possible, it is possible for us to have a life experiencing the righteousness and the holiness of God in our life. Peace, joy, victory. And then listen, in verse 25, Paul says, therefore, all right, therefore. So now he's saying, because it's possible for you to live this life through God's work in your life, he says, therefore, and then, and then for the next many verses, he says, do these things. He gives us a list, and, and we are going to read this whole list. And he's saying, don't do these things. Do these things. Don't participate in this stuff. Participate in this stuff. If you want the holiness and the righteousness of God in your life, don't do this. Do this. And I want you to maybe take a pencil or a pen or whatever. Circle these, these things that Paul highlights as we go through that. We are going to read all these verses. It starts in verse 25 of chapter 4, and it goes through chapter 5 of verse 20. I'm going to read them all, so get ready. It's a, just an amazing list. It's like he's giving us an instruction manual. You want to experience God in your life? Here it is. Do this, Dan. I mean, it, it doesn't get any more obvious, friends. All right, let's read this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. 
He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is the light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a list. That's fantastic. We want to know how to live the Christian life. There it is. Right there. Notice what's not in the list. Paul's telling us, you want a life filled with the holiness and the righteousness of God? Did you see what's not in there? Marry the right person. It's not in there. Choose the right career. It's not in there. Make enough money. Nope, not in there. Make sure you live in the right place. Not in there. It's not there. It doesn't even say make sure your body is healthy all the time. 
That's not it. It doesn't even refer to our physical health. You see what's in there? It's the day-to-day decisions. Our lives, friends, as Christ followers, are comprised of these seemingly insignificant choices we make every day as Christ followers. That's what our life is comprised of. Yeah, there are the big decisions, and there's important decisions we make along the way, but not often. But every day, you and I are making these seemingly insignificant choices. Just to highlight these do's and don'ts that Paul gave us one more time. I'm going to read them. Don't lie. Be truthful. Don't steal. Work hard and be generous. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Say only what builds others up. Don't be bitter. Have rage or anger or slander people. Be kind, compassionate, forgiving. Love each other. Don't be sexually immoral or impure or greedy. Don't be obscene, say foolish things, or make dirty jokes. Be thankful. Don't be friends with liars and disobedient people. Don't be foolish. Seek God's will before making decisions. Don't get drunk. Speak to one another with psalms and spiritual songs. Sing to the Lord. Always give thanks. Wow, we make those choices every day. Every day. That is what the Christian life consists of. Where are you? How are you doing? I hope that we are over here because every day we are choosing to obey God and his word and we're allowing his holiness and his righteousness to fill us up. But if you are over here, and I hope we're all over here, but if you are over here, let me challenge you. Don't become prideful. Don't look at the people over here and say, let them get what they deserve. Let them get what they deserve. If they can't make better choices than that, then forget them. They made their bed, let them lie in it. Don't do that. Let me remind you. Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father, looked down to humanity in its sinful, wicked state, and he could have said, let them get what they deserve. Let them get it. We created them perfect. We gave them every opportunity. Just let them get what they deserve. But he didn't. He said, Dad, I will go. And Jesus clothed himself in humility, came down to a sinful world, lived among sinful people, and died a death especially designed for sinful criminals. He reached out. Friends, if you are over here experiencing all the goodness and the fullness of Christ in your life, find somebody over here who needs help and encouragement and love because their life's spinning out of control. Mentor them, love them, disciple them, help them, teach them. Allow the Spirit of God to work through you to pull them to where you are. And I imagine, I think, they will pull someone else. And before long, you know what's happened? The kingdom of God is expanding. That's how the kingdom of God is built. Where are you at? And these daily choices. Because, friends, it is easy to be over here. And just start out and to say, God, I know, I know. I'm supposed to forgive her. Wow, she really hurt me. There's other people. I I, I don't need her. 
I, I just really don't need her. And it's just no big deal. I know. My neighbor needs some financial assistance, but I got a long shopping list of stuff I really want. She can get help from someone else. Let the government help her. It's no big deal. I know. Yeah, I know. It's not mine, but I need it. And it's right there in front of me. And no one's ever going to miss it. It's no big deal. It's just a website. It's just a website. It's just a couple times. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's just one kiss. It's just one night. No one's ever going to find out. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Wow. God, where are you? Why did you leave me? Where did you go? Why are you doing this to me, God? Why is my life so miserable? Because one seemingly insignificant step at a time led you here. Because it's those little choices, the ones that are so easy to dismiss, and we justify them, and we think it's, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Push the pause button today, friends. This is all about this. Push the pause button. Take a step back and just look at the roadmap of your life. Where are you at? Where are you at? Again, I pray, I hope we are all over here. But in reality, some are over here and a lot of us are somewhere in between. And this is your opportunity. Friends, nobody goes to bed over here and wakes up over here. That's just not how it happens. It is one seemingly insignificant step at a time. And where are you at? And what direction are you headed? If JD, if some of my very good friends would have pushed the pause button and stepped back and taken a look at what they were doing, all the time justifying it, all the time saying, it's no big deal, things would have been different. Where are you at? My desire, my hope, my prayer is for me, definitely, and for all of you and for Great Oaks Community Church, that we, one seemingly insignificant step at a time, journey into a close, alive, intimate, peace-filled, joy-filled relationship with Jesus Christ, experiencing his holiness and his righteousness in our life. That's what I want. I want that desperately for me. I want to experience his fullness more and more every day. And I've got to remind myself, Dan, it's those little decisions. It's those thoughts. It's what I look at. It's what I say. It's my attitude towards people. They mount up and they mount up fast. How are you doing? How are you doing? In closing, I want us to read this verse one more time. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, go to verse 23. 
to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he gives us a list. This week, friends, read that list. How are you doing? How are you doing? Pray with me, please. Father God, we love you, we praise you, and cannot express enough our gratitude to you for coming to this earth in the form of your Son, dying on the cross, giving us a, a way to have our sins forgiven, the way to have our sins forgiven. And God, if there's someone here today who has never taken that step, God, I pray today they give their life to you and ask for forgiveness. God, I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room who need to pay closer attention to the little decisions that amount to our Christian life. Father, give all of us strength and power and courage to make those decisions based on your word. We want to experience your holiness and righteousness in our life. God, help us do that. God, if there's someone here today who needs help, they need help. God, cause them to talk to a pastor, seek out a good Christian counselor, get together with some good Christian friends to something, God, something. Please allow us as the body of Christ to help them. Father, we love you and we praise you. God, I pray that you take our lives and use them to bring honor and glory and praise to you. And it's in the precious name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.